to Talky Talk, the podcast for the MediaBios.com. Joining me today is Chris. Hello. Brent. Hi. TJ. Hello. My name is David. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been watching and uh, a dissection of the week's film, TV, and video game news known as Breezy on the Street. Breezy on the Street. But first, our watch list. Anybody want to go first? I can kick it off. I got mine pulled okay. up because I've forgotten what I watched. Some of these. I watched a good bit, but I watched a, a lot of rewatches. I can start with the, the rewatches slash ones that people have talked about already. I went and caught Thor, Ragnarok, which Brent and Chris had seen. I have not seen it. No, just Chris. Yeah. So Chris talked about it last week on the podcast when I had to make myself absent for a little bit. But uh, it was good. It was funny. Yeah. It was uh, felt like a Guardians movie to me. Yeah. It was a lot of comedy. What did you think of uh, the Taika Waititi character, Krom? Oh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I said that he, he kind of stole the show. Yeah. The scenes that he's in. Kate Blanchett was good. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston was... Felt like... Uh, I've read recently the Norse mythology, Neil Gaiman. So I got a little, like, real real history in air quotes on uh, Loki. Yeah. And he seemed more like Loki. Like, not a bad guy. Right. Just an asshole. Yeah. Real smart. But, I don't know. I'll definitely give Thor a watch if you're into the MCU at all. Uh, it did make me realize that I don't know if I've ever seen Civil War all the way through, so I went back and watched Captain America Civil War. The movie's not that great. Mm-mm. No. It's kind of boring, which was a letdown. Kind of samey. A lot of the action felt felt samey. And there's like no, like, no jokes. It was the opposite right. of Thor Ragnarok. It's, and I feel like the Captain America movies are just like that. I don't remember th- finding Winter Soldier like that kind of entertaining. It's also weird with uh, Civil War, because it was obviously trying to get a Captain America book on the books for um, Chris Evans because it's an Avengers movie like yeah in every way yeah mm-hmm. he's barely the main character Captain America is it's like going on a date but it turns into a group date yeah <laughs> and Tad Hamilton's there <laughs> everybody loses um let's see I got a couple more rewatches that I'll touch on real quick after watching Meyerowitz I went back and watched Greenberg I've only seen once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Greenberg, but I'm, I want to. It's good. Uh, ben Stiller's character's fucking insufferable, though. Yes. And it ends that way, which is annoying. <laughs> he's just yeah. an asshole the whole time. He has zero arc. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's more documentary, almost. But he's really good in it, and Greta uh, Gerwig's great. GG. Yeah. Good, good game. Yeah. So check that out if you're a fan of those movies. I am. But, like... Cassandra's not, and she fucking hated it. She's like, what is this? Why is he yes. such a dick? This is Mike Patton. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Greenberg, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Uh, and then randomly, it was just on TBS, and I watched it the whole way through. Uh, I rewatched Remember the Titans, which I'd probably seen nice. ten times. That movie's so good, though. It, I think it, I like the fact that you can take a mediocre sports movie and be like, if you put Denzel Washington in it, he's going to be really good at it. Yeah. And he was. Ryan Gosling. Did some acting chops back in the day. Yeah. Some great acting from the football players, too. Yeah, I made the, uh, yeah, the, the team is good. I made a joke when Ryan Gosling was trying to play country music for his black roommate at football camp, and I was like, well, this was the him saving country music is the first step <laughs> of him saving jazz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I watched a, a few new things. Watch the only living boy in New York. You heard of this movie? Yeah, it's not good. What? That's just disappointing. I, I I didn't think it was gonna be great, but I I was maybe it's just because I love that song so much that I yeah. just I just wanted the movie to be good. <laughs> so it's about a, a rich boy, his 
parents live in the village. He moves into Manhattan, and uh, his dad is played by Pierce Brosnan. His mom's played by Cynthia Nixon. He's got a girlfriend who doesn't want to be his girlfriend, and like the wise old guy moves across the hall from him, played by Jeff Bridges, hmm. who's good, but kind of tired of Jeff Bridges being good at everything. It's like, <laughs> man, you're really good at this character. I get it. So go see Kingsman. Yeah, <laughs> he's really he's really got one note. And yeah, he, he can fucking nail that note. He does. Gruff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Scruff and gruff the crime dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the plot is Pierce Brosnan is cheating on. Uh, his wife and the son finds out he's cheating on him with Kate Beckinsale, who is yet again in another bad movie. <laughs> she just can't can't break it. Needs to pay the bills, man. Yeah. If you want to watch uh, a TV show with about seven seasons of that seemingly that plot, watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> it's also bad, but you just watch so many minutes and hours of those characters that you start to like them all. Yeah, I wonder what the best movies. That have music title, music song song titles <laughs> are. There's a Mr. Jones movie I know. But I've never seen it, <laughs> so don't put that on the list. <laughs> Maybe that thing you do hmm. by default right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to think. Unfortunately, all I can think of is the Patrick Dempsey movie, uh, "Can't Buy, Can't me, buy love. me Love." <laughs> Tell you what, I don't have much of a watch list this week, so I'm just going to spend the rest of the podcast thinking about that question <laughs> okay. and just randomly mentioning any movie that I can think of. Excellent, <laughs> like Chaos Reigns. <laughs> uh, I watched one that I know a few of y'all watched. I watched the, the Dark Tower. Was that this week? Or was that mm-hmm. last week? Yeah, good. La Bamba. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what do you what do you have to say about the Dark Tower? Uh, what do you have to say for yourself, not, DJ? It's not good. It's not a good movie. He who likes The Dark Tower has forgotten the face of his father. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's not good. I had an easy time separating it uh, for anybody listening that wants to know. Brent and I read the whole series, some of it multiple times. Um, Chris has read three a books. chunk of it. Yeah. You, you ever read any of David it? David read Gunslinger. I abandoned reading Gunslinger because I didn't like it. Yeah. Gunslinger is definitely the most different from the others, I think. Yeah. So if you didn't like Gunslinger, you might like the rest because they're more prosaic, I would say. I agree with that. And more of just plot-driven. Whereas, whereas Gunslinger yeah. is very much like mood-driven, I feel like. Have you read a decent amount of Stephen King? Uh, here and there. So I think the Dark Tower series is how I explained it to, to people who are considering reading it. The whole series reads like a Stephen King book. Mm. So you have that, in a regular Stephen King book, the first 40 pages are kind of a slog and he's setting everything up. But he gets to do that with a whole book this time. Does that make sense? Yeah, but a lot. I mean, a lot of people think the Gunslinger is the only good book in the series because yeah, yeah. that's be- my problem. Is I really liked the Gunslinger, and then right. I read the next book, and I was like, there are parts of it that I liked. And I read the third book, and I was like, I fucking can't. Pretty in pink. It has ups and downs. <laughs> there are there are. I mean, I really like the second book, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The second book is. I liked the Gunslinger the best, but I thought that the second book was way better. As far as how it was written, I, I also just am a sucker for that in like fantasy novels and like sci-fi. The gathering your team stuff yeah. mm-hmm. is just always super fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The movies. The point is, the anyway, this movie has none of this. Yeah, the movie has very little to do with the series, um, other than some character names and the title. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's a below average action movie. Some of the action scenes were neat. I thought they were filmed well, but but they're all in the all in the ads. So if you watched any of the trailers, all yep. the cool stuff from the action sequences are in the commercials. So 
Watch those. Don't watch the movie. The only part I thought was kind of cool that I don't remember seeing in trailers was the Jake in the house. The house demon? The house demon. Which uh, I thought yeah. was done fairly well. And that's a, a decent uh, scene to pull from like one of the first three or four books. Yeah. I think that's in book three. Yeah. I think it's in the Wastelands. Uh, but uh, that's a solid solid choice I, to, to incorporate that and the the effects in it were pretty cool yeah it didn't look bad the effects didn't look bad they were mm-hmm. good I thought some of Matthew McConaughey's uh, like telekinesis looked a little rough in the final fight um, also maybe. one of their big fights the one in the woods was in the dark <laughs> oh right that's that's just like a, an irritating action movie thing that when you need to hide some <clears throat> quick cuts, or you need to hide some of the the, the, the blurrier areas of your budget constraints. And stuff. Yeah, you make it a little dark, and especially shooting in the woods because you can hide so much behind trees. The the fifth wave had that same problem too. It's like, uh, well, also the rest of it being shitty as well. Yeah, I was gonna say that <laughs> um, movie worse than the Dark Tower. I think. <laughs> <laughs> really Close. Bad. Um, I just want to put this out there. I like the Great Wall way better than this movie. This this movie offended my sensibilities. Nice. Um, it's one thing to base a movie off of a property and then just say, if you're a fan of this movie, or if you're a fan of the property, you'll love this movie. You won't get everything they talk about on screen if you're not familiar with the source material, but there are some things for people in there. But it, because it's only 90 minutes somehow, it goes from 0 to 100 as soon as the movie starts using lingo that's never explained, not even like in a smart, like audiences will pick up on this. It uses right. like concepts that you it makes you feel like an idiot for not understanding and like doesn't do anything to develop any of the characters. Um, the most we get out of Idris Elba's development is the one quick scene in the beginning, which apparently producers like pushed to get in the movie. With his uh, father? Yeah. 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 It, while I think Idris Elba is a good choice for Roland. I still, it's the script. The script sucks. Yeah, the script yeah. sucks. The internet does so not bad. like Roland as the choice because Roland's not black. Part of that is because his fictional character isn't black, Brent. But I mean, I, I he is explicitly white in the books, right? So and and part of that, well, there's a character. There's a character who, who's black who doesn't like him because he's white. It's a whole storyline. Oh, okay. And it so you have to almost turn around the Susanna Roland relationship. If you were to do that in the movies, if it's Idris Elba, right, and that's like one of the more interesting aspects of it. It's what makes it doesn't matter for Roland really if he's black or white. It doesn't change him, but it makes Susanna more interesting. I think. Well, yeah, it drives her character in the book. Yeah, I mean, explicitly, it's a bad choice. I guess I mean like anybody in the Harry right. Potter books could be black and we wouldn't know, but they go out of their way to make sure you know Roland looks white. Gotcha. But I was going through the Dark Tower wikia to try mm-hmm. and follow along um and I'm sorry <laughs> i mean it's 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 yeah. hard for me to find when me and brenna like be chatting about something that happened in book six like oh no look it up it's like jesus i can't find it anywhere yeah all these 700 page books but uh, i was looking it up in there and you know at the end of every wikia page there's like a comments field and everything was pre-release when they had just announced casting or right before they announced casting, people putting up their dream cast, like 
like Josh Brolin or like Matthew McConaughey as Roland. And then when and then when it gets to when they announce Idris Elba, it's all like I'm not racist, but <laughs> this movie's going to be terrible if there's a black lead playing Roland. Sounds kind of racist. I think they could have. I mean, they could have still done if they wanted to do an adaptation of the books, and they wanted to have Idris Elba's Roland. They could have just changed Susanna to, to be, be just white. like a redneck white woman. Yeah, that's kind of what I is super racist. They might do. Yeah. I thought it might be good. And but I mean, they 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 even the creators went out of their way to say that it's not an adaptation. It's not a sequel. It's it lives in that weird space where because this is. The Dark Tower series, everything can happen simultaneously. They're right about that. Yeah. It is neither a sequel nor an adaptation. I don't know what it is. Yeah. There are lots of untold stories from the many universes in the Dark Tower series, and this should have been one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like Matthew McConaughey as the Man in Black as a casting choice, but again, like I feel like he didn't play the Man in Black. Like I feel like he's a different character. Yeah, they they didn't write the Walking Dude. They didn't write the Man in Black. They didn't write that entity that's in so many King novels. Right. Um, He's supposed to be super charismatic and instantly likable, which Matthew McConaughey seems like a great choice for that until you just make him look like he's had the flu for, you know, six weeks. And and he's just so cold to everyone. Yeah, he's he's like a shrewd CEO type. He's just... It's it's just 100% fear is the only reaction people have to him, and that's not that character. At all. That's like... The underlying thing in that character. It's like... Because you think it's basically the same character from The Stand, right? It's the same... It's Randall Flagg. Yeah. And so, it's... uh, You think Flagg is like 80% charisma. And then like 20% like fear. When when your reaction to him. Also, like from The Gunslinger, like the man in black is such like an enigmatic shadow. That that's that's what I was expecting, even a little bit of out yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the man in black's real name or real name in in scare quotes. Yeah, Walter Odem. Yeah, that's one of them. But I mean, I don't think we yeah. we know the real name. We know the origin. Yeah. His real name is probably like Chamig. Right. Like <laughs> it's got no vowels in it. Yeah. Somehow. I looked at the Crimson King. That seems interesting. That they they threw that graffiti in as like a Easter egg for y'all. Yeah, I mean, but that's his boss. Yeah, and so we never like. There's no. Ev- that's that's the big bad, right? Yeah, but there's just like spray painted in like the house that they're talking about that Jake uses as a portal to get to the wastelands. Um, in like graffiti, it says like "All hail the Crimson King," and I saw that and I was like, "Cool, that's an Easter egg." Like that's the kind of shit I was expecting. All the like boys got shine and all of, like the jargon to present as, mm-hmm. but instead it was like. No, we're going to... It could have been in Greek with no subtitles, and I would have been like, okay, I can follow this movie. Yeah. So anyway, don't recommend The Dark Tower, any of us, I don't think. Cool, I won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep. We'll, we'll watch it again, though, in a few months, and we'll talk about it more. Better, to me, better than The Great Wall. Brent? I haven't seen The Great Wall. I'm waiting on David. <laughs> yeah, better or worse than The Great Wall? It's really close. I mean, I rated it a half star higher than The Great Wall. Okay. Like they're bad in the same ways. And then I don't know. It's like I said, it's really easy for me to separate that as this is a movie and not an adaptation or a sequel or anything. Right. I mean, it, they're it assholes is. for tricking me into going and watching that because I don't know if I would have if it wasn't called that. But right. it doesn't make the movie bad or worse, in my opinion. Right. I remember I, I've made a stand by saying, you know, if you don't like an adaptation, that's fine. It doesn't ruin the original. Um, I think that this is my exception. I think that people will watch this movie and go, I didn't like that. I'm not reading the books. The worst thing about this movie is that 
it makes it that much harder for an actual adaptation adaptation to ever get made. Yeah, the producer is going to look at a new uh, like if someone slides a script to an adaptation of The Gunslinger plus a, like pieces of drawing of the three, they're going to pass. Yeah, it's a bit like, oh people that people didn't like this. Yeah, even though we weren't making this, it makes something like it happening not. Not uh, possible, like a young director who really wants to do it. But having said that, I thought that our tower is big enough in the the world of literature that if you know Spielberg or somebody wanted to do it, they were just gonna, they would let him anyway. And I think the TV series is still moving along. Yeah, there's just a carousel, and there's some there's so many untapped properties that would get a nod first. Yeah, I don't mean I don't. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a fucking movie. Like that's right. also not the end of the world for me if it never gets made into anything. It's, it's the same as. Um, not American God. Although I will say, being able to recognize the Kentoy or the Hatine or whatever by the fucking giant scar on their neck oh, here, yeah. the dumbest <laughs> thing in that movie it was really dumb. When just like a twelve-year-old boy is disabled, is the only person on earth who can just be like, all these people have scars here where their skin was attached to them. Yeah, they've got shape-shifting faces, and so they've got a scar, but they're poorly applied. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have cover up in this universe. Kelly was like, "He's a bad dad." I was like, Hi. "Like, like, yeah, I see, like, yeah, do you see the scar?" She's like, "No, look how fat he is, and look how fast he's running." It's <laughs> <was> like, okay, <laughs> it's powerful deduction. And, anyway. and like the parents see this like chunky repairman like leap like thirty stories in the air and clamber up a pipe <laughs> like yeah. faster than lightning, and they're just like, oh, "I hope they catch my boy." Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've talked. We've given way too much attention to this movie. We just really want people not to watch it. Yeah. Sometimes a shot across the bow needs to be slow and deliberate. Uh, then I watched two good movies this week. One was a documentary streaming on Netflix from this year called uh, Alive and Kicking. Um, it's about the uh, bringing back the life of swing dancing in the 90s. Mm. Um, it was really good. It dives into a lot of Aspects of it when it came to life, uh, bands that kind of took over that music era that became popular in the early and mid nineties. Uh, deals a lot with the competition of Lindy Hop, specifically that version of swing dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really really good, really good parts uh, where they interview old black people who like invented these dances in the twenties and thirties, hmm. and then it died. You know, it went away for sixty years. Yeah, and. Uh, like little white rich kids going to their houses and I'm like, are you this guy? And be like, yeah. Like the famous swing dancer. And he's like, oh, I deliver mail. <laughs> like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, you should come to this thing. So there's all these old black people being like, I never thought I'd dance again. Dancing with all these rich white kids. <laughs> it was a really, really good documentary that I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, and then I watched one 2017 movie that was amazing. It was a five-star movie for me. It was called Band-Aid. Have you seen it or heard of it? I've heard of it. I've been wanting to see it. It's so good, dude. So good. Uh, written, directed, and starring uh, Zoe Lister-Jones. What's she from, David? I don't know. Uh, right now she's on like a CBS multi-family member comedy, like okay. Life in Pieces. But she's popped up like in a bunch of stuff before. She was on uh, New Girl for a bit as like Schmidt's politician girlfriend. She's been like over stuff. Uh, around? Yeah, if you look at her face, you'll you'll recognize her. Uh, Adam Pally plays her wife. Fred Armisen plays their creepy, sex-addicted drumming next door neighbor um couples fight a lot and they uh decide instead of fighting or spending money on therapy they're going to start a rock band and write songs about all their fights and it's 
it works. It's really funny. Songs aren't great, but they're not supposed to be great. It just works on every level. It's short, super hilarious, and then super sad at times. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year, for sure. I've cool. been wanting to see it, so this is a this is the opposite of a lot of what you guys talked about. <laughs> this is the recommendation push. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out Band Aid somewhere. I think I rented it on Vudu, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free. But it was three bucks. It's worth it. Nice. Um, that's it. Aside from reality show, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go real quick. It's uh, we've already talked Dark Tower, so that that only leaves um, uh, the new Todd Haynes movie. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Todd Haynes. Yeah, yeah Wonderstruck. And uh, oh, yeah. saw that in the theater. Did a review for the website. Um, it is, I predict, going to be a divisive movie. In that, like, I would imagine strong feelings of just dislike or like for it, but uh, I don't know. I really liked it, but I could also just as I was watching, I was like, "It's it's weird to be teetering between like, I could I could see myself hating this movie a lot, <laughs> but it's just so cute at times." But um, it's like a bizarre mashup for me, like Todd Haynes, serious director of like, I'm not there, um, Far Carol. from Heaven, and Carol, and it's the uh, the story from the author of like Hugo. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a children's book. Yeah, I didn't know that going in, and uh, during the movie I was thinking, I was like, this reminds me of Hugo. Hmm. Just trailer looks like Hugo. Yeah. I can honestly say I have not seen a single movie by Todd Haynes. <laughs> I think this is just my second. I loved Carol. I thought Carol I loved Carol. I loved I'm Not There. I think that's probably the only two I've seen. I've um, seen Far, Far From Heaven's really good. Oh, that's right. I've seen that too. It is really good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a bizarre... It's it's a hard movie to even describe the plot of because, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> 1977, a boy who is dealing with the loss of his mother um, in a car accident. Mother played by Michelle Williams. Um, she died before she could ever tell him who his father was, and so he's just kind of like looking through her stuff, and he finds a a bookmark with like a, little, a sweet little love note written on it from a bookstore in New York City. So he. Uh, decides he's going to go try to find his dad in New York. Uh, and to complicate things, he's just suffered an accident which caused him to become deaf. At the same time, there is also a story told, uh, set in 1927, of a little deaf girl in New Jersey whose mom, played by Julianne Moore, left her to become a big stage uh, presence. So, so far, it's like every other Todd Haynes movie. A, a real pick-me-up. <laughs> And so she decides she's going to go, she reads that her mom's going to be in a Broadway play, and so she decides she's going to go to New York and... Gets um, in an accident and then is able to hear. <laughs> no. But it's, uh, her story is actually told like a silent film. It's just like piano playing, like music, and it's silent, and it's... But it's, uh, it's not like scenes back and forth, but it's more just like the editing is so impressive that... They both you you just watch both almost at the same time. It's really interesting. Huh. Um, and then there's a really bizarre stop motion sequence later in the movie too. So I, I always like that when when for some reason there's just like a turn and complete change in media. Yeah, like I love Kill Bill Volume One, the Oreni she story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, Harry Potter and the the Deathly Hallows story is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch when they do the uh, the 
the the like the origin of life that whole animated yeah. thing. <laughs> I would definitely recommend seeing it. I don't. I can't promise it's good. It's going to be something that everybody loves, but at the same time, I don't know. It's a movie that clearly just goes for it, and it's unusual, and yeah. you're not going to see much else like that. So, sure. I recommend it for that reason. I want to make that list now. The me- media swap in a movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, sorry, I'm still thinking about that. There's oh, yeah. a subtle version in Kung Fu Panda. Traditional 2D. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anything else for me? Uh, just... I've, Finished Mindhunter. I don't know if I talked about that last time. But you didn't finish it last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it. I thought it was fine. I think the best of Mindhunter is the middle of the season, like the mm-hmm. when they're just getting into the meat of their research. Yeah. and and it's pretty much the the first few episodes with uh, what's his name Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. Yes, those are the the <laughs> best episodes. Um, but it's still good. It's still good. Um, yeah. I, I like the cops. Uh, looked forward to meeting new serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was, it was, was paced so well that you have the same enthusiasm for interviewing serial killers as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, Ed Kemper just, you know, whets your appetite. Um, yeah, because no one's ever heard these people's stories in this way, and they're like, ooh, I wonder if this guy's good. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're right. It's a good uh, good observation. And the show's always, it's always entertaining, but I, I just don't <clears throat> think it hits that, that high of Ed Kemper quite as much after after that. Like, he he's the high point of the season. Some of, some of the, um, because the other half of the show, or I guess third of the show, is um, they kind of, <clears throat> they, they teach, like, police method and motive to, like, local police precincts in like nowhere fucking Iowa um, and that's how they move around to go to these federal prisons to interview serial killers um, or sequence killers um, but sometimes cops will reach out to them and be like we got a strange one mm-hmm. like that's the stuff I think that also really sings mm-hmm. is when they're when, when it's tench and they're interviewing somebody who's like a suspect in whatever like grisly local murder there is mm-hmm. just Seeing the FBI also just be like, oh, you guys are also, like, brilliant fucking detectives. And just, like, in in that same vein, the best part is Tench and, uh, who's the main character again? What's his name? Holden? Yeah, Holden. Holden and Tench, the, the, the back and forth, improvisatory, like, almost music of the questions. Yeah. Is great. Yeah. Hmm. They're all, like, setting up and knocking out and it's yeah. really good they're back and forth. Yeah. They keep, they, they keep asking... My favorite is the one in uh, what's the guy by the side of the house, and they are mm-hmm. asking him a series of questions, but never giving him the chance to respond. It's just always like, "Oh, That's so great. you were doing this," and then we'll be like, "Like, yeah, of course you do that. Like, you love your mom." And the other guy's, like, "Yeah, well, who doesn't love their mom?" But she can get a little overbearing. Like, "Oh, yeah, moms are overbearing," and just like mm-hmm. the two of them, they just keep building up, just you know, the tension with him just asking scene. questions without requiring an answer because they don't need one. Think it'll get any uh, Emmy love? Grammy love? Emmy love? Nope, I was right the first time. <laughs> um, Grammy would be a stretch. I think yeah. Emmy. Best yeah. new artist? Um, <laughs> Emmy, I, Emmys are hard to predict. I mean, people will forget about it. Fucking Karen Coon didn't get any attention for the Emmys, so. Yeah, my favorite the would Emmys. be the guy who plays. <laughs> At least you did, but it's not for that. Yeah. Ed Kemper guy <laughs> for his uh, guest drama actor. Yeah, I was going to suggest that. So good. How many episodes are there? Eight? Nine? Ten? 
Eleven. <laughs> I can play this game. I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, it's, six, seven, that, eight, nine. That ten. Netflix ballpark of. Uh, it's, it's, either, it's either eight or nine or ten. He had to appear in less than half. Yeah. So. He, he, I think he's in. He's three. close. He's in four. Four. Yeah. So if there's eight, he would be ineligible. Okay. Um. Anyway, I recommend Mindhunter. It's. Uh, it reminds me a lot of. Um, I talked about this before. It reminds me a lot of. Um, Zodiac. Yeah. I'll go ahead and go. Cool. I saw uh, very little. <laughs> I, I uh, made it across the finish line and finally finished uh, Stranger Things Season 2. What'd you think? Uh, that was good. You like the ending? Um, yes. I yeah. loved the ending. Yeah. Okay. Like the Dakota? The, 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 the yeah. Full... Yeah. We've all seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full spoiler for Stranger Things, but the snowball is like the perfect uh, cap... Yeah. Perfect snow cap. <laughs> just made me so happy. Yeah, it made me so happy. People having all these little grace notes. Including, I think, one of the best characters of the season, this season, was Steve. Steve Harrington. Yeah. The redemption of Steve. Yeah. You know, uh, Dustin under his tutelage, and he sends him out and gets the little poignant note looking over at Nancy, and just, like, drives off. I like that, and, you know, there's just a very charming coda, like a, like an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. But with like a little horror movie touch at the end where it's like, you know, we're going to have a Stranger Things 3. Mm-hmm. It, it is very much, like everything is stylized as Stranger Things 2. It's not season 2. But it is very much a sequel mm-hmm. this yeah. season. You even have like straight up, like kind of reproductions in in theme from stuff from Stranger Things 1. Like uh, the Christmas lights this year, last year are yeah. this year's, uh, you know, the blue tunnels. Yeah. yeah, the map. Yeah, it's almost like not one for one. It's not the exact same people, but it's that same feeling. And also, I love I love the pairings they do, like you guys have said. But I think it's, I think they kept uh, Eleven apart too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> she's more dynamic when she's with uh, the boys. The boys, and Mike was just kind of sad. Mike a little too long for me. Yeah. yeah, Finn Wolfhard really takes a backseat to uh, Dustin and uh, Lucas. Yeah, and in my review I wrote for the site, that's one of my was one of my few gripe points of, of the season was just that uh, Mike was kind of the heart and soul of the show in the first season, mm-hmm. and he was just angry the whole for too much. He's just sad, mopey Mike for way too much of season two. And that is I also don't think he's the lead in two though, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Yeah, like. Not that doesn't discount what you're saying at all. It's just that it's not like the lead was angry too long. Yeah, I mean, he, right. he may have had less lines than Dustin did. I bet he did. He couldn't be the lead. Yeah, I feel like to that point, I think it's uh, Stranger Things two doesn't really have a center as much, which makes it a little little more like you're just picking up bits and pieces, and they hopefully come together in the end, and they do. If there's a center for me, I think it's Jim. I think it's Hopper in season two. Yeah, just. But, yeah. What do you think of the lost sister? That episode. It was terrible. I definitely didn't think it was terrible. I think it was terrible. I, th- I think that it did not fit with the season. That, I, maybe I was poisoned. It, feel, it feels like time. a spinoff preparation. Almost. I read something where someone was like, it seems like, reads like a backdoor pilot. Yeah. And it totally does. All those characters have like their little introduction, like a pilot episode. And yeah. none of them are interesting. All of them are stereotypes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, what are you talking about? You've you've, you've never seen the uh, the Jack Black dude who's actually sensitive, and like, it's like the punk guy who just has basically like same kind of punk guy 
lines from like any 80s movie. Yeah. He seems like such an anime character. Like just like lanky, gigantic mohawk throwing a knife between his hands and just like giggling uncontrollably about like really dire situations. They did come across as bad actors, all those people too. They were not yeah. good. And the, the runaway seen girl. Two of them somewhere. The sister wasn't bad, but the rest of the group was bad. Sister wasn't bad, but in the end, it's like a, you know, focus your energy on, on whatever you hate and you'll get stronger is something that we've seen in so many movies. Yeah. If that's like the payoff for spending an hour outside of uh, Hawking, Indiana, you know, I did not think it was worth it. Well, especially when in, season, in Stranger Things 3, it comes a turn where she remembers that, but if she actually draws on things she loves, she's more powerful. Exactly. Well, it's hard because like, you have to make that. Yeah. You have to ramp that up with eleven somewhere, right? Like, if you decide as a as a showrunner, you want to get to where she got after she was went to Chicago, right? Where she's grown up now, and she's going to dress different. She's not this little like naive girl who happens to have these awesome powers. It's hard to get there. Like, I feel like she was already there almost though. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's. Mm. it's I don't. I don't know. She was already angry, lashing out, and. She yeah, some, but she was doing it to the wrong people. It wasn't controlled. I feel like there there's a jump you can do that's not, you know, driving to, is it Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's definitely there. I mean, my point is it's hard. But, but clearly, Ed but, I mean, that's that's their job. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not. Shit out, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not defending them. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's not like this is a, a, a mistake where it's like, holy fuck, why did they do that? Because I don't know how I would have done it is my point. Uh, I think that on the, like... Kind of the trite character arc of supernatural person with powers. This is this is just a, a story beat that happens every time. Like, and we're going to get to, you know, next season. Like her finding her limits. Yeah, or she gets too powerful and she's the danger. Right, Trinchening. And she she does the you know self imposed exile, which. Mm-hmm. Just something that happens in movies like this. It's yeah. Like, you know, Hulk fly spaceship far away. Yeah. But e- I mean, either it, that or we'll have loss of powers. Right. That's another. But see, that's going to. I can see that as that being their, their like, bottle episode next season is Eleven encounters five, and five, anyone around five doesn't have powers. If they want to do a bottle episode, just let it please be about Lucas's little sister. She's mm-hmm. <laughs> great. I want her just as, like, a. Standing on a stage with a microphone, insulting everyone in the audience. <laughs> That's what I want. A stand-up just, special with Lucas's little sister. <laughs> just a procession of people like just walking by the front of the stage. <laughs> and she's just breaking balls with the microphone. <laughs> uh, she's fantastic. She's delightful. Yeah, but that that didn't really ruin it for me. I still, you know, I still right. enjoyed it. It's still Stranger Things. My, yeah. I, I shared with you guys my power ranking. I think the best character, the best acting in this episode is unquestionably will for me who basically got hangovered in the first season yeah yeah, and he's, yeah. <laughs> and he's so uh he's so dynamic and you can feel his like pain and pathos mm-hmm. yeah he's he's a great kid actor mm-hmm. we're, we're good all the kids are great i yeah. still would put hopper at number one i think man sean astin great guest role. Sean Astin was fantastic too. yeah sorry is like a sixth man just kind of <laughs> stepping up and just draining some threes he's <laughs> amazing in his couple episodes yeah yeah Cassandra is like the most like emotionless movie TV watcher ever. Like she was just like no, yeah. like a good thirty seconds before Bob dies, you're like Bob's gonna bite it. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel it coming. It was when uh, my buddy Chad was like, it was when he was like, let's move to Maine. And Renata Ryder was like, 
okay. Chad was like, Bob's going to die. <laughs> they ain't moving to Maine. <laughs> Let's go to Maine. Nothing weird happens there. <laughs> right. But I hope... Uh, With all the Stephen King nods. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to feel any stakes for what's going on when the only people that are impacted by what happens is basically new actors that come in the season. Like, the only death is Bob... And he was just introduced this season. I feel like none of the characters are ever going to be in danger for real. I guess not everything needs that Game of Thrones like right. life or death realness. Right. But yeah. For for like a uh, Earth is in danger kind of thing from this menace, I never really felt anybody was in in danger at all. But is it? Is Earth actually in danger? Yes, because Billy walks on it. <laughs> fucking hated Billy. Yeah, Billy sucks. Most pointless fucking character. Yeah. Well, I mean, and their justification was... Again, it ramped up Steve. It was like yeah, that episode ramping up 11. They had originally planned for Steve to be the human bad guy. And then when they loved... Um, that actor. John Raphael. Joe Keery. <laughs> Joe, Joe Keery. Yeah. Um, when they loved him so much, they kind of added... Uh, they, they blunted the edge on him. So they wanted to, to reintroduce a human villain... And so that's why he's such a caricature. For a spinoff show, I'd love uh, Steve and Dustin as like a little detective team. Like just solving local mysteries. Oh, I love Dustin being like up Steve's ass in the junkyard scene. It was so good. Like Steve starts walking out there with a bat, throwing it around. Dustin's like, he's such a badass. Yeah. <laughs> and then after they all run off, he's, he's like, did you scare him off? Yeah. And Steve's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Actor Blue Ace seems just really good. I could see him having like one of the people in this that has like an actual film career after this. Mm-hmm. He's just really charismatic. Like they called out the they called out his hair in the series. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. But that yeah, it was great. Great show. I'm excited for it when it comes back. He was a good neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Only for, for a hot minute there. Yeah. Only quote unquote movie I've seen is uh, the. Season finale for Nathan for You this year is a two-hour uh, special <laughs> called Finding Francis. It is legit two hours and has like uh, I looked I rated it on Letterboxd. It's on Letterboxd. That's on movies. So. Um, earlier in the series, they like try to find celebrity impersonators. They have this Bill Gates guy who's just so weird, and they spend. Um, like so much of the show's budget dedicating this one two-hour episode to him trying to find his lost love from like the early 1960s, and it's just it is a it is a bizarre thing that involves going to Arkansas, like Arkansas football, hiring escorts. <laughs> it's just Weird. like uh, yeah, a, a fake sequel to the movie Mud <laughs> called Mud Two, Mud Two, even dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is, it is, it's Nathan for you, it's really hard to watch, but it's so fucking funny. Nice. I really recommend it. Okay. And then the, most of what I've been doing this week is, uh, I bought Stardew Valley. Nice. It was on a sale for 15 bucks, and that game is a beautiful addition to my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a charming, I know I say charming way too much, but essentially a charming life simulator. It starts out as like it's a harvest moon type game where you're a farmer and you try to most efficiently grow crops and sell them for money to like, you know, enhance your, your house. Yeah, you inherited your grandfather's farm. Yeah. But there's a, there's a nice little introduction where 
you, you get your grandfather's farm in a letter, but you're working at this company, the soulless company, and the letter says, like, when modern life gets you down and you want to give up, check out the, you know, come to the simple thing of the farm life. Mm-hmm. This guy quits his, like, cubicle job, goes out there, and the beginning of it is the best parts of Harvest Moon. You're, like, doing crops, doing all this stuff. You know, you got a chicken coop selling eggs. You can get cows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you just you get so wrapped up in um, the lives of the townspeople, who are all really charming. Hmm. Now it's just, like, the farming is kind of an afterthought, and I'm trying to interact and befriend the townsfolk, who all have really interesting storylines going on. Very yeah. personalized. Very distinct Fun. Yeah, I've been playing it a lot. Sounds like cool. a game I would PC or PS4? Uh, PC. Cool. Playing it on Steam. It's supposedly working on a multiplayer. Multiplayer mode. And I, I heard about it, well, I, I heard about it because of, you know, I know about games culture, but read about it in the, the, the book I was talking about, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, talking about the making of that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just amazing that it came from one person. Yeah, it's one guy who did all the art, did all the programming, did all the music did everything. The music is phenomenal. Yeah. The music gets stuck in my head and is just great. That's nice. I love those the solo project, the passion projects. Yeah. Sometimes they they borrow a lot uh, from <clears throat> pre-existing genres or properties, but like my favorite game, one of my favorite games of 2 years ago, 2015 maybe. 2016 and 2015 was Axiom Verge mm-hmm. and Likewise, it's just one guy who was like, I love Metroid games. I'm going to make one. Mm-hmm. And it was just like phenomenal. Like did the music, programming, art, everything. Mm-hmm. Just it, it shouldn't make it more enjoyable, but it does. Yeah, it's, it's so personalized that it's one person's take that it's such a unique thing that stands out. Yeah. So many like AAA games that are the iterations of the sequels are fun and they're, they got set pieces, but they don't really stand out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can tell they're made by like... 300 people. Mm-hmm. What's the cost? What uh, $15. Nice. If you buy it on uh, Amazon or the console version, if you buy it on Amazon, you get the soundtrack for free. Yeah, neat. Which is actually highly recommended. Yeah. yeah cool. Straight out of Compton's good movie, too. Yeah, it is. That's a song title. Yeah. Should be a non music biopic division, though. Yeah, oh, right. Because you got. Uh, well, Walk the line is not a. It's, it's a song. It's a partial. Yeah. And then I was also thinking, like, you know, there's a song called Despicable Me, but it was written for the movie Despicable Me. Yeah. And titled after like the movie Skyfall. <laughs> yeah. I really like Star Wars, which of course is named for <laughs> theme from Star Wars. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go now. Uh, I keep looking at a thing that I wrote stuff down, but I didn't watch any of those this week. I watched Dark Tower, as previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, mostly I've been really busy at work, so I've been in my YouTube hole. Um, I normally climb out of it to watch, like, you know, one or eight 2017 movies. <laughs> but this week it was zero. So I've been watching MasterChef, because all of those episodes are conspicuously available on <laughs> YouTube. Um, just some smart algorithm uh, output by YouTube, because I like watching Gordon Ramsay just do anything. So then they were like, you like Gordon Ramsay, here's nine seasons of a television show that he's in, <laughs> with 20 episodes per season, and they're hour long. 
So I watch MasterChef. It's a reality show. Um, you know, it starts with a pool of 100. It's actually one of the few reality shows where I think they do the audition phase as well as American Idol did. Because, hmm. um, you know, lots of people say that the audition phase is their favorite. It's people failing. This does, the first three episodes are dedicated to the three days where they weed through the 100 people who've made oh, wow. it through the qualifying rounds, the regional qualifiers. And so then those 100 people cook. And some of them are obvious production plants. Like, you know, the person who rides in on a unicycle, like, eating fire and, like, juggling plates, mm-hmm. who, like, hilariously cooks a dish that tastes like dog shit. Like, you know, I, I'm smart enough to recognize that person's not really a contestant. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so they do three days and it's all just, you know, it, that's where all, like, the touching stories are. Like, people's like, I started cooking because of this. Um, in season three, there's a woman who's, like, really bizarre. Um, her name is Monte Carlo. Like, actual name is Monty, and her last name is Carlo. Um, and she's like, I'm cooking because I'm a single mother. I lost my job. I just got a divorce. If I don't get this, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, my son's name is Danger. Danger, <clears throat> Carlo? He's going to thank me for that in college. And it's like, no, he's fucking not. But um, it's really good. Uh, Blind Woman won season two. Uh, I've seen clips of that. Yeah. It's a. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's like, I hope Danger marries a girl named Frida. Frida Carlo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. It's Graham Elliott, Joe Bastianich, and uh, Gordon Ramsay uh, are the judges. And yeah, I'm halfway through season four. Nope, I just finished season four? I forget. Watching them on my phone is incredible because if you double tap, tap a YouTube video on the right or left, You'll skip 10 seconds. So because it has all the uh, production bullshit of a reality show where, you know, they'll go to commercial, it'll be cliffhanger, and then when they come back, there's 40 seconds of recap, right? Yeah. It's like, that happened, if I'm watching it live on TV, like three minutes ago, I can right. fucking follow this. Right. Um, so then being able to just, you know, tap my phone like five times and it skips 40 seconds straight to it and skipping past all the, and the winner is... Pause, 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 pause. Like, I can just fucking skip it and just mm-hmm. wait until they're hugging people to find out who the winner is. So, nice. this, it's all on YouTube? Not officially. Oh. For now. For now. Until it gets taken down. Yeah. Like, I'm watching... Yeah. I started with one guy's because they were, like, full HD uploads. And then he stopped somewhere, like, mid-season three. And then I hopped on this this train where it's somebody who um, encoded Vietnamese subs in. Which is <laughs> adding an extra delight to watching it because... <laughs> Not every word, every cooking word, has a Vietnamese, like, cognate. <laughs> and so they'll be like, well, I'm cooking a, a, a traditional trifle. And in the top, it'll say, like, trifle. And then it'll have a bunch of Vietnamese afterwards. <laughs> where they're, like, <laughs> clearly defining words for people. Um, <laughs> but that is not part of the enjoyment of the show. But it's good. It's a reality show. Nice. That's it. Survivor? I watched that. And I watched the challenge. How was the challenge? Uh... They, they let down. They, they let down. Oh, yeah? They pulled a final dirty trick. <laughs> is at the end of the final, they didn't announce who the winner was. Yeah. But it's going to be announced in the uh, the reunion show that's coming on this week. Do I have... So it's still, like, incomplete to even talk about it. Do I have um, one more big dirty move for you? 
The reunion is two parts, and they're not going to reveal the winner until the second part. It's two parts? Two parts. Jeez. So technically, Survivor does the same thing, although the reunion show airs three minutes after the conclusion of the final right. episode. And also, yeah. the reunion show is live. Right. This is not live. This is just more MTV tape stuff. <laughs> yep, so it'll be two weeks after every, anyone has seen them actually compete. Right. Do you have a guess for who won? I'm going to guess Jordan and... I think Camilla might have won, man. Yeah. I think her or Tori. Yeah, it's her or Tori. I don't think Cara Marie is in it. <clears throat> but somebody made like a chart of, because they don't tell you like the times mm-hmm. because they want the big suspense, but they can't obfuscate what place people in each of the individual legs of the final. Yeah. They're like time trials. So they keep track and they have a pause where they do something, can add time to other people's mm-hmm. time and then start up again. Yeah, it's it's a three day like obstacle course adventure hike whatever mm-hmm. and what pissed me off this year is they didn't do the stamina one every year they have a stamina yeah. challenge where it's like I guess that was the rocks kind of but, but it was it was cut together so it was like five minutes yeah like. but normally there's a thing where it's like you have to stand on this box I'll see you in the morning yeah there's that and like that part of the thing. if you ever sit down or you like touch the sides of the box like you're out and then I'll stop your time but whoever's got like the longest time you know wins this leg or like gets this advantage that like gets to add five minutes onto somebody else's total time. And those are always the I think they're they're some of my favorites. Yeah. That and the eating, but they didn't eat anything and they didn't do any stamina. They did the 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 llama milk. Oh. The curdled llama milk. Whatever. And they threw up from that. While they were doing the the bola. Oh right. But yeah, so challenge is a disappointment for me. Yeah, let's just check back in in two weeks <laughs> for like 30 seconds. I, I probably won't even watch the, the reunion. I'm just going to Google who won afterwards and just be like, okay, cool. I don't yeah. need to see the reactions. No, I'm going to watch it. Okay. <laughs> and are you the one? They're still stupid. Yeah, pass. Pass. <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll get into that in the news. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's my dirty move. It's yeah, cliffhanger. I, mean, I know, because yeah. I was hung out with Chris last night. Servivore. <laughs> uh, merge. Yeah, it's fun. Merge. Merge mm-hmm. is always fun. Mm-hmm. Merge for merge. We, merge we started merge. A, a game real quick. <laughs> Man, here, hang on. Here, Jeff do have to do his Outback, uh, Outback Steakhouse <laughs> oh God, promo lines. It's he's effective a, though. I really want an Outback after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a pro. That's what I'm like. Jeff Probst is a pro right yeah, there because yeah. uh, he did not even wince through that. I love that. No rules, just right, guys. <laughs> a new cold one going home immediately when like everybody's gonna feel bad for him. He's like. You could have more than one steak. And everybody was like, yeah, we all ordered four steaks. He's like, oh my God. Yeah, uh, they do that in MasterChef, but it's way more transparent because it's Walmart. Oh. And so like, and Walmart has the best cuts of meat. And it's like, no, they fucking don't. <laughs> and like, Gordon Ramsay has to, Gordon Ramsay has 16 fucking Michelin stars. And he has to get up there and say that. Yeah. Everyone, like the other two guys each have like two apiece. Right. And they have to say Walmart's got the best cuts of steak. Ugh. That's um, funny. But yeah, Survivor. So uh, d- did you want to introduce our game? Yeah. We had to make a new game just so Chris could keep Well, I was playing. wondering what was going to happen because I thought, I mean, it's very likely that one of us was going to pick. Picked poorly in the early going, I thought. <laughs> I didn't. I even watching the episode, I didn't think it was going to go that poorly. Like I thought there was there was no way that. She so was the game we're playing target. is, uh, we'll almost certainly not make it to the end of the season. But the the idea was to see how long somebody could go by 
picking a person after the merge and uh, picking someone you don't think will go home. You don't think they'll get voted out that episode. And once you pick somebody, you can't pick them again. Um, Traditional suicide pool. Yeah, right. So uh, we did. We all four picked four different people. Mine actually won immunity, so mm-hmm. I wasn't worried. But uh, David was never really uh, close either, I don't think, in your pick. Who'd you pick? Uh, Ashley. 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 She was never really brought up. Right. Um, but then out of nowhere, like <laughs> 10 minutes before uh, Tribal Council... Uh, Chris's pick of Jessica, yeah, and Brent's pick of Chrissy, Chrissy, yeah, uh, both were the two getting all the votes. <laughs> <laughs> like in, in, inexplicably to me, Jessica I, I think came out of nowhere too. Did. So I think that what happened was they took their steps so fast. It was a smart move. Yeah, like it made sense. Yeah, I mean, I think what it was was there was a, a very brief conversation they had about like we've got our plan A, it's Joe. Yeah, we've got our plan B. It's Cole. Yeah. And our, like, we'll, we'll just have Jessica as a plan C. And then I think when Joe was like, fuck y'all, I got an idol. Deuces. And pe- people were like, well, we said if anything weird happened at Tribal, we'll go to Jessica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's exactly how it went. It's also part of their plan, though, is they say they want to flush Joe out this it week. It worked. So stupid. Joe's an idiot. That was so dumb. Yeah. Before the votes, well, even. There's... He's trying to play a, the game smarter than anyone's played it before. Without realizing that the, the reason why people don't make the moves he makes is because... They're dumb moves. They're dumb moves. Yeah, I don't have a problem so, with him playing the idol. No, play the idol. If the don't. votes happen and he's like, I got an idol. I probably would. Yeah. Don't you play the idol after people vote? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you let Tribal Council play out? He did. He just took it out and displayed it before they did no, that. Yeah, but... Why do that? So he tried to basically... Oh, yeah, he yeah. was right. trying to bluff them into thinking he wasn't going to play it. Or, no, that he would play it. Or that he might play for somebody else. He was just trying to get them maybe Off to split game. votes right, or right. something. But they had all figured out he had the idol anyway. Well, they thought he might. Yeah. yeah. They didn't know if him or Cole had one. Cole, what an idiot. Yeah, Cole's dumb dumb. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. So I lost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got a side game going with points so Chris can keep playing. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, we'll see how far. I mean, I bet somebody makes it a few weeks, but it's not going to last that long. All I know is my first dip back in Survivor, week one of the suicide poll, I did okay. <laughs> Do we want to make picks now? Uh, yeah, it's also so hard to make picks. Like, If you could do it before count, Tribal Council, obviously this game would be so much easier. <laughs> yeah. So you have no idea how the show's going. Uh, I've already got Desi out. That's tough. I'll, uh, I'm going to take Cole. I'll pick Desi. I'm going to switch my strategy, and now that I've lost, I'm going to pick who's going home. I'm going to say Joe. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Especially because it looks like there's a physical altercation next episode involving Kim. That should be how you get back and in. And Mike. If you pick who's going home, you get to get back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will pick um, Dr. Mike. All right. So, I'll write this down. David takes Desi. Chris with the get back in. <laughs> no, I don't even want back in. I just it's, want to pick it's the assassin every week. card. Wouldn't it be more impressive uh, if I picked who left every week? Like with 100 percent accuracy. Yeah. You're taking Cole. TJ took Cole and Brent took Doctor Mike. Doctor Mike. Mike, also known as just Mike. Fun. It's like Officer Sarah though. He's got that moniker. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I may have used Desi too early. 
She seemed pretty strong last episode. I might do it too early too, but I can't remember everyone's name, name. Right off the bat. So <laughs> this, this will help me talk about it on the podcast more, and not be like, "It's Od- that blonde guy." Oddly, the one that I can't remember is Ashley. Cannot ever remember her name. That's why I think uh, she's right. got good odds to win. <laughs> is she's a strong female competitor, and people don't remember her. People get a vote for her. They're like, "What's her name?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck it. I'll vote for Desi. <laughs> I don't, um, don't want to get it wrong. Well, there's, there's like a clear also how long the show takes with the merge, the first merge episode. It's like, it is over and done when you have like four people voting. And then 13 people, I was like, oh my gosh, how many votes is this going to be? Oh, right. It was, did they, do they edit it so that they yes. do the votes like one against one against one? They do. Producers pull They stack the, the votes. Order. Yeah. yeah. They prepare it for Jeff to read then. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they prepare it, so it's like got phonetics in it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like Jesse A, a dot S H dot L E E. I do think that Desi's in trouble now, though, winning the first immunity after the merge. She crushed it too. She wasn't even. She didn't falter at all. Yeah. Like, it was funny watching Don't the say two that. of them because. Um, was it Ashley and her, or Chris? Mm-hmm. Chris and Ashley. Her? Ashley. Ashley and her. Ashley. But. I was like, oh, Ashley's about to lose, because Ashley's ball was, like, swinging around that thing so mm-hmm. fast. She's, like, super aggressive, and Desi's was just, like, the, like, slowest speed it can be to not fall <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, post-merge. Merge is fun. Yeah. Now the, the game... The, the show picks up now. The game starts, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan called everything leading up to the merge, the playoffs. This yeah. is the championship. Yeah. Breezy. Uh, yeah, Breezy, there was some, some news that Chris found out last night, though, about something we talked about a fair bit on the show. It's, it's, and it's kind of a rumor, um, but it's how MTV does business. So you know that uh, how Real World was kind of quietly canceled um, for lack of viewership? They just stopped making more Real World after Bad Blood. Sure. Um, there is a rumor that Are You the One is getting canceled. Hmm. Um, and it is... Uh, <clears throat> Because nobody's watching this season, hmm. uh, bad bad viewership. The same way that they canceled '90s House, like after three episodes um, had aired, they just stopped playing the episodes, mm-hmm. um, and now it's just like Teen Mom and uh, <laughs> and Ch- Catfish Year Round Challenge. Yeah, but the good news is they already have a backup plan for sourcing fresh meat, which is uh, next season, season thirty one. The challenge will introduce people from Big Brother. Really? Yeah, because I guess CBS and MTV are owned by a... Viacom or something? Yeah. Both Viacom companies? I think so. But, so yeah, so there's going to be two people from Big Brother on Challenge 31. Hmm. Um, Weird. Does it mean I have to start watching Big Brother? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Although I kind of want to watch Celebrity Big Brother. I saw the, the cast for it, and it looks just bonkers. And Johnny Bananas is on it. Yay! So it's a... So it's a two-way street. Oh, I don't say bananas. We're not sitting under the portrait of the banana today. There's some other big news, too. Uh, uh, yeah, as I said, some, yeah. some big news. Um, You're pregnant. <laughs> there's more Star Wars. Yeah. We I, we expected some kind of announcement regarding this at some point, I think. not not We didn't know what it was going to be, but we expected that that Disney only had, like two more years of Star Wars mapped out and so at, at some point you figured they were going to extend that and so yep. director Ryan Johnson who I think is the perfect person to 
give this task to. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't surprised that Disney was going to um, just let one of its money machines run out of oil. Um, but Ryan Johnson, I think, is an exciting. And plus, is the exciting part of it. Like they were clearly going to make more Star Wars movies. So he is developing his own trilogy. Which I guess he could just even just like executive produce or something. He may not even direct them all, right. but he is creating his own Star Wars trilogy that has nothing to do with Skywalker's or anything else. Just He's, set in far, re- further reaches, maybe a galaxy far, far, far away. Even. Congrats to him for winning the challenge, Star Wars directors for being like only him and Abrams are the ones that have left, been left standing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I just hope that Ryan Johnson's phone has a lot of missed calls from George Lucas. Like you don't need to involve that arrogant fuck. Like, yeah. Thank yeah. you, thank you for the property. You sold it. What this also <laughs> We're do stuff with. What it. this also said to me immediately was that Disney is very happy with the Last Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Because why else would you make this announcement before the movie even right. comes out? Right. Um, but they didn't even stop there. It was like later in the same day they also announced a TV series is coming. Yeah. Like MCU style, like. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or like Daredevil? I don't think there's too much on it okay. really that's out. But Content for Disney's new streaming service. Nice. Which they announced is going to be competitive with Netflix's cost. Which is great because if Disney releases... Cheaper is what I read. Yeah, yeah like they release their package at yeah. six or like five or six bucks a month. Like every Star Wars movie... Every like movie that I was fond of as a kid, every animated movie, yeah, if they if they comic book, if they start producing original content and like a Netflix style TV shows, then I could even see myself subscribing to it. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, you know, Netflix can get like the almost R-rated Daredevil stuff mm-hmm. if the original content is all going to be PG style, right? Like uh, Agents of Shield, kind of PG, PG like light PG thirteen, PG thirteen style. I would love a dark movie in the Star Wars franchise. Me too. Like an actual like smuggler's tale and not I'm friends with the giant dog man. That's why, that's why I'm edgy. <laughs> uh, anything else in the news? I'm edgy because I'm rude to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week we also had a you know, it seems like every week we're touching on sexual harassment, sexual assault oh news. God. But the weirdest thing... Bad touching. Yeah. The weirdest uh, part of it was that Kevin Spacey is getting removed from a movie. Uh, yeah. You know, Which I had already seen trailers for. Yeah. All the money in the world. Yeah, we, we uh, had the, the trailer on our movie Spios group. It is weeks away and a character is getting removed <laughs> and replaced. I thought that, that when you posted that, it was like a click hole or the Onion article... Like based on like how severe the backlash against Kevin Spacey was, I didn't know that was the title of a movie. So when it was Kevin Spacey being removed from all the money in the world, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty funny." He was a president. He's not on money. Like I get it. But then I saw a picture of him in old guy makeup. Yeah, some of this, some of the stuff that came out is that Ridley Scott's directing this movie, and he originally wanted Christopher Plummer to, you know, he's he's John Paul Getty, mm-hmm. or you know, I think that's his name. Yeah, he's the millionaire guy, and his <clears throat> granddaughter or grandson was kidnapped. Um, really, Scott wanted Christopher Plummer because he's the right age, and the studio had Spacey, and wanted to do like makeup stuff to make it make him old, instead of just casting an old we've person. Got, we've got all this old guy makeup from a man called Uv. Does anyone know <laughs> what we can use it on? It's a great movie. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Can we can we also add to the list? We are aware. Uh, Louis C.K. Take down. 
Sure. Um, he's admitted to being all a it. fucking slime ball. Yeah. Yep. Um, SNL really goes after him. I saw it last night. I feel yeah. like it's unfair to talk about SNL since we record on Saturday or Sunday. Um, they really go for the throat. They do. Um, Someone who has been nominated for hosting many, many times. Yeah. Um, which is good to see. I was I was a little worried after the um, that first skit with the Roy Moore skit, mm-hmm. if they were going to pull their punches a little with, with Louis C.K., but no. Um, and then the strangest one to me is George Takai. Yeah. Which he is just flat out denying. Yeah, he's flat so. denying. I mean, somebody else is like, I'll take a fucking polygraph. Was it Piven? But Piven's like, what came out last week for Piven was like, like, like Weinstein. It was kind of a a well known secret, a poorly yeah. kept secret. So him coming out saying that I can't believe that we are in the age where people immediately believe accusers rings a little false when Louis C.K. immediately confirms it and owns. Sorry, I don't mean to give CK credit. Yeah, he categorically categorically did not immediately confirm it. It's been this has been brewing for a while. Mm-hmm. Even Tignataro, who's on a show that he produces, was like, "I really wish Louis, this was months ago." Yeah, that Louis would talk about it. He's been interviewed, and he says like, "Rumors are rumors. Rumors are rumors. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff because it's not true." So he every first stage of this is flat out denial. Yeah. And the only thing that forces hand is the New York Times came out with this exhaustively researched um, investigation yeah. into were, were they, many, many women coming forward. No, not even women coming forward. They sought the people out. Yeah. Because... Going forward is, is in terms of having their story. Right, right. But, cause, because for some reason people in the public think that a story is less credible if it comes from somebody who reaches out to a news outlet. Um, and tells their story as opposed to the news outlet finding them. Um, so I think it's an important distinction, uh, at least for idiots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, the Jeremy Piven thing. Like Jeremy Piven is famously like one of Hollywood's like meanest people. So yeah, th- that not that biggest se- douchebags. Yeah, not that that like sexual assault equals mean. But I mean, it's clearly. He's shown a pattern of being kind of a dickhead to everybody and not surprising that he's the one who's like, give me a polygraph. I don't know. People are dirtbags, including actors, including directors. <laughs> yep, it happens. Uh-huh. Sucks. On that note. <laughs> What's coming out? Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Alright, we'll be able to talk about uh, Murder on the Orient Express next week. Or I will be anyway. Brent might join me this evening. But that's not coming out at the end of the week, though. I know. That's why I said, but... <laughs> Jackass. Don't you know why we do this, Brent? <laughs> Now's the part where we preview next week's watch list. <laughs> Alright, so... I got November 17th Dumbass. pulled up. It looks like the wide releases are Justice League, uh, the nativity-themed CGI movie The Star, yep. or the... Uh, Wonder with the the kid with the facial deformity and turns out he's a person. <laughs> you mean the prequel to Frank? Yeah, I don't see that. Or I want to see Tremblay more. Sequel to, to Mask. Turns out he's not an animal. Yeah, but hopefully, uh, Three Billboards comes out of limited release. It's out November tenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it expands next week. And uh, I know what I'll be seeing on Friday, November seventeenth, is Mudbound. That's when Mudbound comes out. Oh, Original Netflix. for Netflix. That's getting a lot of Oscar really love early on. I'll pick 
Justice League. I don't know. I'll pick Wonder. Wonder. I'm going to pick Mudbound. It's out on Friday. Nice. In theaters? If you want to bring your streaming device to a theater. <laughs> Which apparently someone, some people do. Yeah, yeah. Some, someone did that during It. They were watching <laughs> Game, of Thrones? Game of Thrones on their phone with headphones in as It was on. That's true. <laughs> cool. Also, Blue Velvet, great movie name for a song. Anyway. American Pie? Yeah? yeah pretty pretty, pretty Woman. Pretty in Pink? That was kind of, was that written for? Hmm. I think Chris was reacting to his biscuit. Mm. <laughs> All right, so this was Talkie Talk, the podcast with media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on our Twitter and Gmail. Links are in the show notes. And we're on Facebook. Movies by us, TV by us. I always do that. <laughs> Games by us. And uh, we have our own Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you for podcast topics, interacting with the stuff we do. Please subscribe, give us a rating, and uh, I want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers for the intro. Thanks. Whoa. And thanks to Boo Reefa for the outro. Thanks. And uh, thanks guys for being here. This was the talk. <laughs> E-talk. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kicking rocks. Down old dusty roads Small town slowpokes Long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know But, uh... Yeah, that was rings a little. I think it's ringing off the banjo. I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Cacao! Boom! Now play Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Dun, ding. Ha <laughs> ha